The Chattanooga Drive-In Show is presented by Quality Tire Pros on Cherokee Boulevard, the highest quality tires for all makes and models of vehicles, and the best service in town. Chattanooga Drive-In Show, Friday edition. We will be joined in just a little bit by Boyd Patterson, running for criminal court clerk here in a criminal court or judge. judge, I should clerk. say. I'm sorry. Sorry. There's a lot of things being run for around here. Yeah, he wants here. to be a secretary. Yeah. Uh, he'll be Howard here Clark. a little bit. Um, sorry, boy. And, yeah, I'm, I'm sure nobody. Does anybody even use the word secretary anymore? No, it would be assistant. That'd be like stewardess, right? Yes. That's just that's right out. Or waitress. Right out. (laughs) I think Um, it's like general secretary. You know, it's like important. Receptionist. Executive assistant. Executive assistant. Get out of here. Before before we get going here, I want you to extend your little doodad there on your phone. Extend. I want to. I want y'all to. I want you. Those those of you who actually watch the show, who watch the show, does this. Okay. Not just me. Check this out. I, 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 Jen came in and sat down at the conference table that it's we have here at the CFC, you know, headquarters that we we share studio space with, and she just spun her phone on its axis. It's and really very simple. Ten minutes later, it was still, still spinning. Yeah, I didn't. And I was literally amazed at the <laughs> physics of it. Now he's, he's, Russell's got his. He's using it like a fidget spinner I right do that now. Too. I do this all but the time. But I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, the, that thing was still going strong after five minutes. Yeah. And I was thinking, whatever the surface of that is, they they need to replicate that on train <laughs> tracks and 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 places where viscosity actually counts. Yeah, I've never I've never fast. seen any I've never seen anything that just this, maintain. It was like the ending, of, uh, for it. the ending of the ending of Inception. The, yeah, Inception. <laughs> you know, I kept waiting to see if it was going to wobble to see if I was actually awake or not. Uh, all right, well, welcome welcome to the show, Chattanooga Drive-In Show. Chattanooga Drive-In Show, entertaining information, informative entertainment. Pour it into your ear holes every weekday, 5 a.m. You can download it, usually about an hour, 15, hour, 20, maybe an hour and a half of uh, news and uh, just basically just the, 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 the talk topics from around the water cooler, coffee pot, and uh, happy hours around town. Hopefully we're doing that anyway. That's the the goal um go ahead and say thanks again to quality tire pros for being our presenting sponsor thanks to all of our sponsors here the number is 301-9229 if you hear something you really disagree with or if you just want to join in feel free i did have an email from a listener i'll try to get to it before the end of the show that had to do with well, I'll paraphrase it. instead of trying to read it because I actually have something pulled up on my phone. I need to I'd be able to access. So if I get out of it, it'll take me forever, and I'll be stumbling and bumbling like an idiot. Um, but it was somebody for, who listens in another state, far, far away, has been listening for a long time, who agreed with our assessment of the local TV station's coverage <laughs> of the anniversary of that horrible, horrible incident that involved oh, the, the, the fatal, the, 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 the fatal mauling. By bear of the young girl and just the way it was handled and his words were so much harsher than mine could have ever been <laughs> i i i just i just i really i don't i mean no, there's nothing it's a terrible story and it's a tragedy but it was a it wasn't even on the anniversary it was just a weird lead-in to like i said the other day a public service announcement about mm-hmm. being aware of a bear aware if you're going to be in this area in the spring and it just was handled in such a ham-handed 
and just attempting to be heartstring jerker, tearjerker yeah. sort of way. It was just really pathetic. It's and like, yeah, it's like if I'm, they use 9-11 as like a lead-in for airline safety. It's yes, like, yes. Oh, my gosh. It, 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 that's pretty much a good analogy. a, a good a analogy, good analogy uh, kind of. And at any rate, but we do get a lot of feedback that we don't share with you often well, enough. Let me and share, we'll I'm going to share a little bit more just while sure. we're talking about it. feel free. We had somebody say, definitely keep the intro music. It's epic. Okay, good. And then we had somebody say, stop, wait a minute, karaoke is fun. Yeah, 99% <laughs> of people suck at it. But I seem to remember an old Radio Ranch rendition of Oh Holy Night that was priceless. And oh, that, was, that, that was not from the Radio Ranch. It was uh, played on the Radio Ranch. No, that was ranch. a farce. Yeah, that was that was, that that was, was made up. That was the pretty village, funny, though. The Village Idiots. That was funny for the first time 25 years. Yeah, the, 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 the Village Idiots found that somewhere and played it and said, told everybody it was the producer of the show yeah. uh-huh. on a drunken night. And the fact is, here, here's what makes that a worthwhile story. The producer of the show was known to get so wasted that he would not oh remember such things. So he Our thought old friend it was Matt true. Estes. Yes, let's just go ahead and just call it. And so, <laughs> so, and back in those days, he literally thought that it was him. Oh, he believed wow. he believed the story that he had gotten up That's on funny. stage and oh, it was it. his it was his fifteen minutes. The guy wanted to be on the air so bad he couldn't see straight. And he wasn't very good at any of it. And it was funny the first time until we realized it's a gag. And yeah. then they did it every damn Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the worst though? Is when someone really really wants to be on the air, and then when you get them on, you realize they're really awful. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to give what them time. That's what everybody says about me. You got to give them time. <laughs> well, in, time ran out on Matt. Love you. Love you, Matteo. Back in 1980. So I said, this Styles guy's been hanging around the station forever, and we gave him a shift, and he sucks. Um, whatever. All right. I have the opposite problem. They wouldn't stop giving me shifts. I'm like, please, please, no, no a more. A couple of things just to, real quick to note before we get to the upfront wrap-up brought to you by People's Home Equity. Yesterday, I didn't know this, I didn't do it, was World Backup Day, where you back up your computers and all oh. your phone information and stuff like that. Didn't know it existed. World Back That Ass so Up Day. I, I, that's what back I thought, that's, that's what I thought you meant. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> World Backup Day. Uh, so Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. April 1st, April Fool's Day. Of course, I said I don't do April Fool's jokes famously now. Uh, so I'll, <laughs> I'll go ahead and I will now mark that down. I'll change my batteries in the smoke detector when we change time. And when we quit changing time, I'll never change the batteries again. So there, and uh, but I'll, I'll I'll back up my stuff on April Fool's Day. Um, power outages, of course, Wednesday night, Thursday morning storm. Oh man, I got a few. Tremendous effect on the southeast. Up uh, tornadoes everywhere, and power out all over the place. Stringers Ridge tunnels closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Momentary, yeah. Channel three, they went down about a half dozen times over the course yeah. of their long evening newscasts um we 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 switch around as best we can because i always want to get a good mix and i was thinking all right here it comes this here's the cyber attack (laughs) and i changed it to other stations they were fine so i mean when you have things that stick way up in the air that you depend on when wind comes around sometimes things get affected as you can tell the russians have hacked our signal again also um worthy of note when samuel came in the other day from the CFC and described kind of the scenario, what was going on with the U.S. team, not just our own local team here and the beginning of their season, but the fact that, you know, the U.S. team uh, was shut out of the World Cup four years ago, so it's been eight years. They got in. They didn't get in by winning. They got in because if you were paying attention during that interview, one of the things about soccer is aggregate points mean something. That's the reason that a, a tie 
is not a bad thing. One point mm-hmm. is better than zero points. Aggregate points count. And if you remember, he sat right there in that chair where, where Brian is and said, as long as we don't get beat six to nothing, we'll be in the World Cup. That's pretty good. Well, they got beat, but it wasn't six to nothing, so they're going to the World Cup. So good for the U.S. They always wow. get beat by Costa Rica. Yeah. And yeah. all you need to know about the difference between men's and women's soccer <clears throat> excuse me, in, in America is – the uh, the women's team played a, a friendly here at Finley against Costa. I believe it was Costa Rica. Costa Rica, and just beat them into the ground. Yeah, and, but Costa Rica beats them in every single time they every ever play. Time. And mostly this is because the rest of the world doesn't let women play sports until like fifty years ago. Yeah, that's true. So they've, they've, our women have been playing and and dominating the scene, and the men are just and you know, two hundred years behind. In Europe, we do really well against the Iranian it, women's team. It doesn't matter what country you're from. <laughs> if if you know if Manchester wants you, you're going to play for Manchester, right? Right. And in Central America, it doesn't matter where you're from. If Costa Rica wants you, you're going to play for Costa Rica. I mean, they're a dominant team. They're a dynasty. So, I mean, that's uh, that's that's definitely one of the world leaders. It's the only world sport that we don't dominate in this country, and people have a hard time understanding. We're like, world champion Braves. What do you mean you didn't win the world? No, yeah. the best players in the world play here. What well, about it's, Japan? It's also like Dominican Republic. It's one of the major sports we didn't invent. You know, like baseball and football is like, ha, huh, American sports. Yeah. Even hockey is like quasi an American sport, and we're pretty good at the it. Russian, I don't know where their origins would be exactly on that, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Actually, that's a good question. Question. Where does that exact where, where, where origin? Where did where did hockey actually originate? I mean, yeah, I thought it was yeah. Canada. Pretty much assumed. Nah, that it was a, it was a sport. A bunch Canada of was a country above, above the Arctic Circle who were kicking around a frozen fish when they had nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, it was you developed know. in Canada in Montreal in 1875. Thank you very much. Well, there right. you go. All right, so we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and get to the upfront wrap up here and uh, thank you to people some equity if you are in the home market and obviously a lot of you are and the rules are changing very quickly as we'll discuss later about living around here, 591-9801 is the number at uh, People's Home Equity, and you need to get pre-approved. That would be one thing that's not going to change. If you're pre-approved, that gives you a lot better hand to play right off the bat, chatmortgage.com. Russell Stroud has some headlines for you. Morning, everybody. Uh, As you probably know by now, two major wildfires broke out in Tennessee this week, the first in Sevier County. The mutual aid was called in from Sequatchie, Ray, and Hamilton counties to help contain the blaze. The Sevier County EMA, that's Emergency Management Agency, says about 1,000 acres were involved at the peak. One person was confirmed injured, and a mandatory evacuation order was issued for areas which were affected. Meanwhile, in Bradley County, an 80-acre wildfire also erupted. Reports say that winds knocked down a power line, which then sparked a fire. The Bradley County EMA says that it was a very dangerous fire, although no structures or people were involved. It was contained in about a day. The city of Chattanooga says it's going to be relocating members of a homeless encampment, uh, which is located on 11th Street. The encampment is on a property owned by Norfolk Southern and rented to the city. Norfolk says that the encampment causes a security and safety risk as some individuals have jumped onto trains and could get hurt. The city says that it's working with public and private partners to relocate the homeless to either permanent housing or to sanctioned camps at a to-be-determined location. The city says that they are working on that and hope to get it open by May. Collegedale police finally say that a stolen car was spotted and chased down. The vehicle was found on Little Debbie Parkway. An officer tried to pull it over, but the car sped away, leading him on a chase. The driver was identified as a 26-year-old Christopher Ledbetter. The car had been stolen from Harrison. It was returned to the owner after Ledbetter eventually stopped and was arrested. From the Auxiliary Studio, it's Dave Hooker. 
Okay, this is it. Then I'm done talking about Chris Rock and Will Smith, Dave Hooker, Off the Hook Sports, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the incredible L.A. Laker and four-time champion, weighed in saying that essentially it reflects poorly on the black community. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said that. I didn't even think of the two guys as being black or white. It reflects bad on Will Smith. It doesn't matter what color his skin is. Okay, I'm done with that. I'm moving on. Duke, North Carolina this weekend as we go into the final four should be pretty fantastic as it's the first time those two storied teams have met in the NCAA tournament. They played for so many ACC tournament championships, which means a lot, but advancing to the national championship game would mean even more. That's must-watch TV on Saturday night. And then one other note that might be a factor next week, it's worth mentioning that Tiger Woods flew into Augusta National and perhaps could play next week for Masters Week. I don't think he'll play. I think he's crippled, but I hope, hope, hope I'm wrong on both accounts. So maybe we'll hear more over the weekend. Maybe we'll know next week because it will be Masters Week. So pretty darn good sports weekend. Dave Hooker off the hook sports. One comment real quick. Please. On, on, uh, not on, on Dave, but on Russell's uh, uh, news update or casual look. I know big wigs, if you want to, if that's the way you want to phrase it, at both Wanderlinger and the Moxie, and that homeless camp is becoming, a for whether it's all valid reasons, a pretty big issue. No, it's a big uh, issue. Uh, with lots of properties over there. It's if nothing issue. else, of just being creeped out by people in the shadows. Well, I mean, the thing... I, well, well, it's reasonable. We, no, I'm glad you brought it up. We, we will get there. I just had that um, conversation literally yesterday. We'll, we'll, we'll get there here in just a very short amount of time. As a matter of fact, something I definitely want to talk about. They, uh, they, 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 that camp has been there a long as, time. as long as I've been here. Yeah. They keep you know trying to move it, and they keep coming back because that's where the services are. That's the reason that when Mayor Ron Littlefield tried to make a one-stop shop area for everything that the homeless needed, most of us thought that was a good idea, but of course, then NIMBY, the NIMBY syndrome, not in my backyard, kicked in, and it just went nowhere. Um, it's just been a thorn in the side to every administration, including Tim Kelly's, mm-hmm. and Norfolk Southern finally put their foot down. And you, guys, I just don't think most of us in the modern era and age don't understand how much power and influence the railroads still wield when they want to how much property they own and how untouchable they are when they want to get something done it's going to by god get done well we're a railroad town i mean much of the city is made up of railroad property a lot of people don't realize that plus they have a right-of-way that's i think uh close to 100 feet on either way of the rail. So they have a really huge amount of property they control. Now, here's a quick test, too, Brian. I, mean, I know you'll know the answer to this. I don't know if either one of my other partners here will. Do you remember the name that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was born with? Uh, oh, uh, I did I should know point. this because he was my brother's I don't know player. that. You don't? I don't, I don't know. Lou Alcinder. That's right. That's it, yeah. Lou Alcinder uh, was yeah, a yeah, student yeah, yeah, yeah. at my, my first wife, Crystal. But both of my, my wives, Crystal and Rebecca, their fathers were university professors. They were professors. Cool. Odd, but it's just the way it is. Uh, Ross Durham, Dr. Durham, a particularly t- tough professor, and I understand that uh, the Rebecca's dad, Dr. Jerry Ingalls, was as well. 
Uh, he was an economist, and Ooh. Dr. Durham was a biologist, and at UCLA, and he was the biggest Bruins fan in the world. Dr. Durham's not with us anymore, and anybody who ever took his class, UTC said he was tough. He told the story about having, you know, famous UCLA, you know, students in his in his class and talked about the pressure that professors were under to give good grades. He said Lou Alcindor in particular um, was one that stood out and he gave him a C. He said he was a bright guy, but he didn't really participate in class very much. And they came into his class while students were still there and pressured him to change the grade. And he would not. And I, I, I just remember, you know, what a big deal it was. Remember, you know, Cassius Clay, mm -hmm. the greatest, you know, f boxer that has ever lived, becomes Muhammad Ali, mm -hmm. who still was the greatest boxer who ever lived for a short period of time. Um, and then, you know, when all of a sudden it was not, you know, Al Cinder goes up, it was the feed to Kareem, you know, was the play-by-play. -play. And, and things were changing rapidly. It was an interesting time back in those days, just put it to you that way. Now, very quick, to the upfront wrap-up, brought to you by the good folks over at Cadus as well. Uh, the Cadus, of course, drug and alcohol counseling services, and also do, by nature and definition, have to deal with a lot of mental health issues, and they have the staff for that. We're going to get deeper into mental health a little bit later on in the show today, too. A lot to talk about, like I mentioned. Thank you so much to Cadus and all our sponsors. All right, uh, President Biden has done away with Title 42. Title 42 was the Trump decision and Presidential Executive Act that stopped people at the border, and it was mostly aimed at the time at the Mexican-U.S. border uh, because of COVID protocol. Mm -hmm. And President Biden, when he assumed office, did not change a thing. And I think a lot of people were disappointed. A lot of people were surprised. But we were dealing with the pandemic. I mean, it was still right. raging, and it, obviously it made sense. Well, EO 42 was, was one of those moves that was pretty much bipartisan agreed upon yeah. as a good idea. Yeah, but, I mean, Biden has sent home 1.7 million people yeah. in the time frame since he's been president. And for somebody who's supposedly weak on border patrol and security, that's that's a sizable number of people who were turned away who were seeking amnesty. Yeah, well, it's worth noting that the situation on the border has not changed from the Trump presidency to now when, uh, for instance, they talked about the, the kids in cages issue, which is still an issue. They just changed the name to, I think they call them like children relocation areas or something like that. But it's still, it's the same thing that everyone complained about then. Um, let's see here, um, million barrels a day being released from the uh, uh, reserve, hopefully dropping prices at the pump. Now, he can release that million barrels a day, and that doesn't mean they have to drop the price at all. Right. You uh, keep that in mind. The president does not set gas prices. So those of you who put, I did this, the picture of Joe Biden up at the pump, and we've all seen him, mm -hmm. keep in mind that he just did what he could and if it doesn't go down, don't blame him. Talk to the folks at Exxon. Yeah, pretty much the only other move he could do would, would be like an FDR move and nationalize the oil companies, which he's not going to do. Uh, that would be hugely unprecedented for an American president to nationalize an oil company. Although breaking them up wouldn't be a terrible idea. It worked with Standard Oil, and it could work again. Um, one other thing about that is that we have, I, I read this this morning, 568 million barrels of oil in the strategic reserve. So we can keep this up for about a year. By the way, Brian, I, I saw you, you went on a, a search there after we talked about basketball for a second. Bill Walton was another one. And did you know the biggest deadhead in the world oh, yeah. is Bill Walton. 
I I didn't realize that until only probably less than a decade ago. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's a space cadet. Oh, he I mean, is, he is a, a space total cadet. space cadet, and he doesn't he does a weekly show about the dead and all of their incarnations. And I had no idea he was such a freak. I mean, he certainly looked the part. He looked like a terrapin. I mean, the man was not an attractive man, but he was a hell of a player. Well, he's like seven yeah. three, yeah. and you know, of course, you're going to stick out and look like a weirdo. Hawk but yeah, bill of a there's nose. a there's a whole audio bank somewhere of just all the weird things he says on the air. Yeah, and yeah. I can't even I can't even think of y'all an got the right y'all now. got the, the the tune I sent you from Warren Zevon yesterday. Yeah, less yeah. than two minutes. Bill Lee. Bill Lee. Yeah, yeah, not the same. Bill. Yeah, yeah, it's not, like that not, song not was written yesterday. Yeah, it was. I thought so. It's really. Really good. Uh, yeah. He's been dead for ten years, <laughs> right. and he was written yesterday. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I just it popped up on my little uh, autoplay. YouTube recommended it to me. I said they need to hear this, <laughs> and then we'll dedicate it to the. Well, governor. William Lee is certainly a colonial <laughs> kind of name, so yeah, there's a there's a bunch of those. Yeah. All right, so uh, the academy has begun disciplinary hearings against Will Smith. Now we know that they actually asked him to leave, and he would not leave. Uh, Chris Rock <laughs> had his first show, barely mentioned it. Road. Barely mentioned it. He said, "I'm still processing. If you came here looking for me to talk about that, I have been working on this show for quite some time. I have a bunch <laughs> of stuff that's written and practiced, and that's what I'm going to do. So please don't be too disappointed." Um, but he should take Dave Hooker's advice and do one of yeah, those rounds eventually. Yeah, 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 he will. He said he would. And 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 keeping with the the mental health issue that I just mentioned, our issues and entertainment. Let's go ahead and go there. Bruce Willis retiring from acting because his family has revealed that he has aphasia, which yeah. is horrible. It's it, so sad. It what is. A I don't know what that is. It, it, it is. Oh my gosh! It's, it's a degenerative it's, brain disease. It's kind uh, of like dementia. Only it only attacks one part of the brain. Speech. Speech. Yeah. Uh, he will he will decline in any form of um he won't be able to retain the information or even understand what words are. Uh, uh, he he Comprehension will, he'll, his is motor skills gone. his motor skills will still be fine but when it comes to actual person to person mono e mono communication kind of important for an actor mm. he will and has already apparently begun to lose control of understanding what comes in and cannot put together what goes out. And he was a he was a very articulate man. He was very yeah. eloquent, very smart. He was yes. not a dummy. Yeah, he was a super smart. Uh, see, he, oh, I, he can oh, be hilarious. He very pissed much me so. off when he when he released the album "The Return of Bruno," kind of as a joke. <laughs> it pissed me off because he was good. It was he could sing good. and he could play harmonica. I mean, he had a real decent band. You know, I hate these Renaissance men. They just make me look bad. <laughs> My sister has "The Return of Bruno" on her wall, like the vinyl yeah. album. <laughs> Eric Church canceled a, and was on entertainment. So we might as well stay there for a second. Sure. Canceled his San Antonio concert, and at least give him credit for being honest. He said, "I'm going to go to the Final funny. Four. I think it's funny. He said, "You know what? All you guys that bought tickets, hang on to your tickets. I'll be there, but I'm going to the Final Four. I, I be he's a North Carolinian, and by God, you got North Carolina and Duke playing. He's going to be there. So at least he was honest about it. I wish we had Jason here to comment. On yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, he probably got tickets for San Antonio. Of, the rest of us are going to knock off a world. day of work and go do something we weren't <laughs> expecting. Why can't Eric Church do it? There you right. go. Uh, four million refugees so far from Ukraine, uh, according to the UN. Uh, I, I'm, we're going to get to a little bit more of this in 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 a, in a minute, but. Mm -hmm. Is Putin, is he in the dark? This is what everybody's saying now. Um, Anthony Blinken, in a press conference yesterday, acknowledged what a reporter asked, which is, is it true that the Russian generals are all so scared of Putin that they're afraid to tell him 
what is actually happening. He doesn't know what a debacle this has turned into because his closest advisors, it's like Darth Vader, you know, now the new commander, after he squeezed the, <laughs> yeah. the breath out of somebody, you know, and killed him dead for delivering bad news, that that's what's going on in Ukraine. I, I find that hard to believe, and I'll tell you why. It's not because I'm, you know, on Putin's side or anything, but looking at it realistically, um, Putin has origins in the KGB. He's a spy. Information was his business for all of his life. So I find it hard to believe that Putin would suddenly not want accurate information as a spy. He's a spy master. He's an expert in spinning information. And I think he's good at telling when people are BSing him. I... But if, if he may want it, but that doesn't mean he gets it. That's a fair point. But I think that Putin has access to the Internet just like we do. He can look at the same satellite images that oh, we this, can. Yeah, well, uh, surely to God they're watching Western media. Oh, yeah, of course. Because they're trying to keep Western media outside of their nation's borders. There's, so. this, there's this odd notion about Putin that he, number one, doesn't speak English, which is not true. He's actually really fluent in English. Um, and number two, that he doesn't understand Western cultural norms, which is also not true. He was a spy in Western Germany for like 20 years. He knows the West very well. Um, so I, I think that he's, I think his problem was the classic problem of putting too much confidence in the abilities of the military, whereas they lied to him, essentially. They inflated their abilities on the outset. So now they're stuck in this quagmire, and he knows exactly where he is. That's why they're changing the rhetoric and the narrative well, about of course, what their goals you are. Know, I mean, again, why, why we even still report anything that is being said officially from Russia, I don't even know, because there's never been any truth in any of it. Yeah. I mean, we dutifully reported that the Russian military was going to pull out of uh, you know, Chernihiv and, and that area. Mm -hmm. And, of course, then they immediately, within, within an hour, started bombarding it harder than they had before. Yeah. And now Look they're focusing on uh, the, you know, back in... Uh, uh, Gdansk, uh, Donetsk, Donetsk, and mm -hmm. that town Izium over there. Cool name for a town, yeah. Izium. Uh, and I mean, they're just they're just liars. If their mouths are open and moving, they're lying. Yeah, well, they're politicians, and they're very good at politicking. Here's the thing, though, is and we talked about this actually yesterday in the flex. They're moving the goalposts. Remember, they said from the outset yeah. the goal was the denazification de de and demilitarization of Ukraine. Of Ukraine, they've since dropped the denazification part. We're interested in the net Donetsk reason. So now region. they're moving the goalposts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, now they can say that we actually accomplished something and go home. This is possibly. Which this would is be like case um, on a totally different scale. But we all remember the PR disaster that it was when President Bush posed on that that uh, battleship with the mission accomplished uh, banner with the manto. Yeah. That's sort of what we're getting towards if there's a peace agreement where they say, yeah, okay, fine, we'll back out. Russia gets to annex uh, Donetsk and Luhansk and keep Crimea. I had blocked that image out of my head. Thank you for, for bringing that back. Sorry. Mission accomplished behind him and wearing that suit that was about three times too small, mm. that flight <laughs> suit. That was just nasty. Um, all right, let's see here. Apple and uh, Meta. Meta? Meta. Meta? It's Meta. Yeah, Metaverse. All right, Meta. Apparently gave over data to hackers, directly to hackers who were pretending to be law enforcement. Yep. So now you, you go back, and we had this discussion when social media was brand new. I didn't participate then. I don't participate now. So Good how, for you. <laughs> how can you trust these people to take care of all this information you're feeding them it's just like the new commercial, you know, that's going on, you know, encrypt your texts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got the guy delivering mail and all the mail's opened. Well, I mean, these people are, are selling you 
they're selling you. You are the, the the actual product. Yes. And now, I mean, somebody shows up, and we even talked about that. If law enforcement shows up and says, we want to check out this one person, do they have a duty to protect you because you've made an agreement with them? They're going to keep your information private. At least you think that. I was going to say it depends on the agreement. In Facebook's case, no, they you did not make well, that agreement well, they, at all. They just handed it over in, in just millions and millions of megabits of data on their users and just because these people said we're from law enforcement mm-hmm. they didn't didn't even flash a badge right uh, apparently uh, just talking the talk facebook chat facebook itself is not secure in any means nothing that facebook governs over is and that's especially concerning because facebook owns whatsapp which is a really popular encrypted chat app a lot of people not from the u.s and that's it. what that commercial is for that you're yeah. referencing yeah, yeah. so uh, there's a there's a huge amount of concern there now whatsapp is supposedly two-factor authentication and it's peer-to-peer encryption, yada, yada, basically meaning that even Facebook can't get access to it. I don't know if that's true, though. Okay, uh, let's see here. We'll get to the InfoWars Alex Jones guy here in just a second. <laughs> Must uh, we? <laughs> back, back to, back to, no, this, this is to go away. Well, first of all, U.S. Navy plane went down, uh, one dead at the Virginia-Maryland line in the ocean. Yeah. It happens uh, in training. Susan Collins of Maine, it only takes one GOP vote to get Katanji Jackson confirmed. I have a feeling there will be more GOP votes, oh, but, yeah. but yeah. once now they know it's a, it's a lock, the GOP senators can feel free to vote against her, <laughs> right. knowing that they haven't really done any harm, and they can go back home to their people, their constituents, and say, "I stood up against this extreme liberal, you know, judge." Yeah, well, it's just when like, actually they would have, if it came down to it, and they were doing a voice by voice vote, and it was tight, they probably would have voted to confirm. Yeah, it's exactly like what Brian's been saying this whole time. Yeah, yeah. I think he's hundred percent po- right. Political it's all, theater. It's all political theater. And I've got to go back for just one second here to Madison Cawthorn. Oh, must we? <laughs> oh, my God. What's he the, done now? This, what is, now? This, is, this is classic. All right, so the, the thing exploded about the orgy comment and doing cocaine comment. Right. And then here he is seated, sitting there, right? right. No, not standing there, sitting there, <laughs> and looking directly into cameras and says, I don't even know what cocaine is. <laughs> he, he said this. I don't even know what cocaine is, and then describes watching other congressmen, Republican congressmen, do a, check this out, Jen, a key bump in front of him. Okay. okay. The band, the Mountain Goats, who played here recently, and I, I mentioned them, and what are you doing? I know what a key bump I, is. I said, the Mountain, the Mountain Goats are a great band. Go see them if you get a chance. They have a great sense of humor, bluegrass, Americana band, very upbeat. They kind of have a rock at it, kind of like the Avet Brothers. And the the lead singer and the front guy for the Mountain Goats goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's from he's from the, the the state, of course, and he goes, how does somebody who doesn't know what cocaine is know what a key bump is? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of a deep down in the culture phrase. That's when somebody's using a car key or a house key from their pocket or their key ring to dip into their little bag of cocaine and get a scoop (laughs) instead of wearing a silver spoon around their neck like they're at Studio 54. You'll see that like Madison Cawthorn has one long pinky nail. (laughs) Exactly. That's another one. That was not uncommon back in the day in disco days to see even guys with a long nail they'd scoop up and take to their nose. He knows what a key bump is, but he doesn't know what cocaine is. Get, Get that guy out of Congress as fast as you can. I feel like he was he was like 
like coerced into saying this like he's got like bruises all on his legs that are covered up by his pants and he's like i don't even know what cocaine is My goodness gracious gosh almighty um the anecdotal information that we had about ivermectin there was a lot of it that said mm-hmm. it maybe it really did work mm-hmm. the study is in no it doesn't they yeah. did it in brazil 1300 people uh half of them got ivermectin when they were infected half of them got a placebo absolutely zero effect none whatsoever well that's actually technically a good result because it means that it doesn't do anything bad it doesn't it doesn't hurt you (laughs) yeah it doesn't hurt you. so if all the you know all the people who thought that it did do something and there may have been good reason to think that it did in some cases at least they're not being harmed which is good uh russia's rubble of rubble yeah, it was rubble. The yeah. ruble, the ruble was rubble, <laughs> yeah. and it made a big bounce back over the course of the the latter part of the week. It's almost back to normal. Actually. Showing, well, it's it's. I mean, of course, the 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 Russian economy has been greatly mm-hmm. affected, mm-hmm. but the ruble itself is trading at about eighty five. Uh, to one to U.S. dollars. Yeah, that means I made a lot of money last week. Heck yeah! Uh, so I'm, 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 it, it really is. It's actually it, it, it's, it, it gives you reason to question the overall effect and impact of the sanctions. Well, people talk to about, some degree. I, I've, I've talked about this a lot with a couple of economist friends of mine who, who actually are like professor at UMAD, and um, it, it's difficult because. The sanctions are effective short term, yes, but it's also not impossible for Russia to just shift the paradigm where they say uh, we're going to focus on Pakistan and China for our economic assistance and we're going to force trades in oil on the ruble instead of the U.S. dollar, which strengthens the ruble. People are going to have to buy oil from Russia. If they're not doing it with the U.S. dollar, they're going to have to do it with the ruble, which strengthens the ruble. One other quick one here at the upfront wrap-up, and then we will move forward. Uh, there is now a lawsuit that has been filed. Remember me talking about shrinkflation when they mm-hmm. actually take your, your, the normal price you're used to paying for something and they just give you less of it. Yeah. They mm-hmm. don't, they don't yeah. up the price because of inflation. They don't want to do that. They just give you less. Burger King is being sued by a group of consumers based out of Miami uh, that said that the Whopper has become a wimpy burger really yeah a just a regular cheeseburger they said the the big king is not big and that the whopper isn't even approaching what they show on their menu and that's the biggest actual hook that they have to really be able to run with this is they show you a picture of something we all know those pictures have always been lies but if it shows you know two or three patties you're expecting to get some meat and they're giving you one thin little crystal sliver you know, and they're of meat, and they're yeah. they're actually well. At least it's not soup. called the quarter pounder with cheese. They, they, can, they can do whatever, they, you know, whatever yeah. size they want. Yeah, exactly, quarter pounders, and do they really weigh out to a quarter of a pound? I doubt it. I but, doubt it seriously. It, well, actually, every time you, you eat them one, that weight, it is a quarter yeah. pound. Yeah, and uh, with so, the bun and the pickles, it adds 0. 0.8 ounces. So there you go. That's your upfront <laughs> wrap up today on the Chattanooga Driving Show. Thank this you. Everybody's got one, an opinion, and most of them stink. And I'm going to go right back to the homeless scenario and say this. It's something we should all be concerned with. I, I, I'm not going to get into the, the, the ins and outs of this particular uh, moment in time, but Norfolk Southern asked the people that live in the homeless encampment there at 11th Street to move. And they say that there are many, many safety violations that are taking place, including open propane tank burning 
and just you know and the fact that you said that they were beginning to catch rides you know that if you jump on a train the chances are you are 99.9 percent sure of not knowing where that train's going it's probably not something you're doing out of convenience to try to get somewhere it's probably just literally a momentary surge of i don't know uh adventure and uh and just random activity i'm bored homeless people get that way too but i just i just want people to understand because i got really deeply into doing a lot of charity work with the homeless and uh, just imagine being in a tent with everything that you own sitting out not a good tent a bad tent tarps Mm -hmm. and everything else and you are in a storm like came through wednesday night thursday morning where winds are 55 to 60 miles per hour and rain is coming at you laterally horizontally i mean sideways rain in sheets everything you own is going to be soaked the tent's probably coming down the tarps are going away and now what, what you have is either ruined or given the weather, you know, the next day after that particular storm front goes through, you get a nice, dry, sunny, cool, windy day. Things will dry out. What if it's not? What if it's another week of drizzle? Mm. You now have rot. Yeah. You have rot on your stuff. You have rot on you. It is not a lifestyle, and you hear this all the time, and I've said it, some people choose it. Some do. Some people choose it, but it's very damn few. And I think that the city is doing a very good job. Now, they're being, their hand is being forced a little bit by the railroad. There's no doubt about it. They said that we need to make this go away. They're only moving them a block over. Yeah. They're moving to 12th and Peoples. But the city is actually going to construct semi-permanent housing for people so they don't have to sit there and live in the squalor. And I think that's something that any big-hearted city should be willing to do and to try to help them find Section 8 housing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said that this was going to come back up. Housing was going to come back up because getting people to take their own property and turn it into Section 8 is very difficult. It's not easy to find. And if we could get more people to do it, it really isn't a bad way to go. Most of those people do follow the golden footprints of the the human brain and mentality and psychology the way we think they are and they will take pride of ownership in it when they get it mm-hmm. and they maybe, will they will take better maybe care of they it. will more often than not more i worked, often than I worked not. for a year as a property manager for somebody who owned several um apartment complexes around town and at first he but, took section eight but then decided against it because it was just too well, much of a liability. A no-account renter is a no-account renter. Right. Uh, and and, and I, I don't know that there's a bigger percentage of people that are looking for Section 8. If they're looking, if they're actively looking for it, right. they will appreciate it when they get well, it. Well, that's true. And, I, and it is well, hard to the, find. And you have the, to get on a waiting list. The best renter yeah. is pretty awful. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, I, I've done it myself. I'm my a good life. renter. It's yeah. not my property. Why the hell do I care about that oh. little thing over there? Well, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm always, like, fixing things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. me too. Yeah, I, I, I really I'm I mean, saying it's everybody, but I'm, yeah. I've given plenty of examples of, of, of many that are. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Well, if I'm, if I'm in a house... I don't want anybody to know I'm renting. I want them to assume that's my house. Yeah. I, it's just to my advantage. Hell, I'm a I bad homeowner. I've trashed my place. What <laughs> <laughs> like, the hell is mine? I don't give a damn. Yeah. Note to self. That's what I'm mostly When Brian of. wants to rent your guest home, say no. That's okay. actually what I'm terrified of is like when I get my own place and I move out from my roommate's place and it's like, 
oh no, what do I do? How do I pay a water bill? I've said this before uh, though, when the weather, like when it's really, really cold outside, I said, walk outside with just a t-shirt and a windbreaker on mm-hmm. and stand there for 10 minutes yeah. in this wind and then come back in and tell me that you don't have a, a place in your heart for the homeless. Yeah. And I'm saying this is a really good time for us to address this. Yeah. And I hope that the people of Chattanooga and the surrounding area really get into it and kind of embrace this teachable moment, I, I guess, too. is where I'm going with that. The duh category. Here we go. Alex Jones, InfoWars. Why does anybody believe anything he says? He's now been hit with contempt of court charges. That's right. And starting today, he will pay between $25,000 and $50,000 a day for not showing up to court when he has been told you have to show up to court. The parents of Sandy Hook are suing him. He was cited to court, did not show up, said he had health problems, but it didn't keep from doing his show every day. He also offered them a settlement. Yeah. Each Sandy Hook parent, what was it, $125,000 Please, please. They all said no. Yeah. How did he monetize his damn thing that well, first of all? Well, I'll tell you, I, um, you know me, I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist, always have been, and here's the thing with people like Alex Jones, and it's, it, he's a frustrating case because Initially, he came from the brand of what we would call back then far-right radio show hosts. Now it's more like center-right, but far-right radio show hosts. There were a few like him back in the day um, who focused on things like the Oklahoma City bombing. They focused on things like Waco, things that everyone sort of rallied around and said, you know, there's some fishy He was a contemporary of Michael Savage. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And so it's it's not particularly dangerous rhetoric. It's pretty milk toast. Then he starts talking about like reptilians and stuff, and it's harmless. Well, I can tell you how it happens because people start getting in his it's ear. It's delusional. And start yeah, it's telling, harmless. They, they start telling him that you're the you're the shizzle man. Yeah. You're the only one yeah. that has the cojones to tell the truth. You're the only bright shining light out there that has the the balls to tell the truth the way it really is. And they start believing their own press. Right. Mm. And right. so then he goes with well, how in God's name. Could he come up with Sandy Hook as a hoax? Yeah, that's Sandy Hook is a hoax. There's dead bodies everywhere. Quarts and quarts, gallons, liters of blood Mm -hmm. soaking the school grounds. Weeping families. There are tombstones all over the place. How does that become a hoax? Well, Help it's, me. It's a lot of it is, I think, uh, confirmation bias. Where if you're looking for that, you'll find it. Like if you find someone who's in the background smiling while everyone else is crying, you say, "Well, there's a crisis actor." Well, no, it's just someone who handles grief differently. You know, it's, they could be grimacing. It could be grimacing. Exactly. I mean, you don't know, but people will take information at face value and then take away things that are not actually what the person in, depicted. Intended. And he's been doing this for 25 years. My exactly. first memories of him was as at Waco, actually. Yeah, and, yeah. and his he's coverage got a, was good. He's got a brand to keep, and yeah. it gets more and more extreme as time goes by and now he's been you know he's got the clones are all around him yeah. doing what he's been he basically almost created the plaintiffs yeah. uh, were uh, offered $120,000 each uh, they rejected that and so yeah he's citing health uh, issues but again it hasn't stopped him from continuing doing what I, he normally does I'll I just, I just about- can't I can't even begin to understand how Again, Holocaust deniers are one thing. This happened in real time in front of our very eyes with more video and eyewitnesses and hard evidence 
than you could ever ask, and hopefully we will never see again for any sort of incident like this. His, How do you just say it didn't happen? Well, his line and about people believe it. His line about I'm sorry, Jen, but his line about the the Sandy Hook thing I think is being mischaracterized as well. He doesn't say that it didn't happen. He acknowledges that the people died. He says that it was a government setup, though that the government essentially instigated the Sandy Hook massacre and the the guy who did it was like a Manchurian candidate sort of deal. Mm. So it's not that it didn't happen. It's not that he denies that it happened. He says that the government had a larger part to play. Than yeah, it's cut okay. from the same cloth of the government uh, flew planes into the trade. And exactly. He's not saying 9 didn't happen. He's saying the government did it. I don't, I, don't, I don't think you can compare Holocaust deniers to that. No, I don't think you can either. I think the Holocaust... I really is, don't. I'm just saying I, that's, that's hard enough for me to wrap my brain yeah. around. Well, I'm just saying I, that's I don't understand how, how you can just say, yes, the, this didn't happen. This thing that you, you watched for a month and a half play out, mm -hmm. you know, didn't happen. This guy's going for ratings. That. Holocaust yeah. naysayers are just stupid. Well, they're, uh, they're evil people. Well, not I wouldn't say all of them are evil because some of them are just wrong. But they it comes from a very dark place, uh, Holocaust denial. The Doug category brought to you by Chattanooga Safety Products on Highway 58 next to the Hungry House. All your industrial safety footwear and PPE needs. Safety begins at your feet at Chattanooga Safety Products. And we're going to go ahead and do the switcheroo here. And Russell's going to slide out for just a second. And we're going to get our guest, Boyd Patterson, in here and talk to him about what he would like to do for you in the foreseeable future, which is to be Criminal Court Judge Division Three. And uh, we'll do the what are you doing. Uh, we've actually got a lot of information on the old community calendar, what are you doing we do. Uh, category coming up. We're doing that now? Yeah, we can do it right now. Boyd's getting settled in here, okay. and we can do it. And that is brought to you by Guardian Investment Advisors, Gary and Tide, and all the crew over there, 710-9199. We'll take care of your personal investments and do a darn good job of it. Uh, April 2nd, Saturday, Clumpy's Ice Cream and Beer Pairing is happening at Wanderlinger Brewing Company. Price of purchase, grab a beer and enjoy some delicious ice cream that's been perfectly paired with your drink. On Sunday is the Women's Trail Run and Hike with Hoka, Hawk, uh, Rock Creek, and Trail Sisters. And that's happening Sunday, April 3rd from 2 to 4.30 at Reflection Riding. Um, I have Master Your Garden Expo, Saturday, April 9th to Sunday, April 10th. Um, and that's going to happen at Camp Jordan. $10 will get you in there. Uh, get excited, get excited, bacon lovers. The annual Bacon Festival returns Saturday, April 9th to the Tri-State Ex Exhibition Center in McDonald, Tennessee. This year's event will feature 75 different bacon-related food options, over 100 vendors, and the crowning of the Bacon King and Queen, an award for the best bacon-themed attire. I'm ODing on bacon right now. You're ODing. Yeah, there's there's more than once they they started having bacon infused cocktails. I went all right. I can't. I'm, I I'm don't glad I'm out of that, of that world now. Come on. I just like Milkshakes. bacon with breakfast, and yeah. that that's about that. Um, Tennessee Aquarium is celebrating the 30 year anniversary with a riverfront community event Saturday, April 30th, from 8 to 9, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. The aquarium is partnering with a Walk Run Pedal Jams Festival. The Chattanooga River Market uh, to offer a day of events that includes family activities, live music, and fireworks, and just two more. Songbirds, These are these both of these things are happening at Songbirds. This one's happening Thursday, April 14th. The, they're having a Jumpin' Jazz Night, 
And then on Friday, May 6th at 8, they're having a Who's Bad, the ultimate Michael Jackson experience. We don't have anywhere near enough live jazz in this town. I know a couple of attempts to, to open up jazz clubs that uh, the, the clubs themselves were fine, but just did not get the folks coming through the door that they needed. Um, and I would just, I sure would like to just see more shows, though, at all the various venues that we now have that we didn't used to. Uh, I'll mention again Bob Dylan, of course, at the Tivoli on Monday. You mentioned right. that yesterday or yep. earlier this week. I did. We got the Beatles, um, the music of the Beatles, yep. uh, some Phonic experience, yeah, you did that one coming up as well. But this is one I wanted to get in. Bill Crystal is going to be Bill, not Billy Crystal, but Bill Crystal, the guy that we used to think was an ultra conservative and then became a never Trumper and ended up on the wrong side of a bunch of neocons out there. But he's really intelligent man is going to be one of the speakers at the UTC uh, Democracy Forum. That's democracy with a um, lower D, not Democrats, but right. democracy is in the the way that the things are supposed to work around here. Tennessee Democracy Forum or gives are you they? plenty of time to plan. It's June 13th at UTC. I've always found him to be entertaining, at least. He's a smart dude, yeah. yeah um, he, he delivers his arguments well. He's he's what I would call a, a classic 80s-era Republican. I yeah. Think. Oh, oh, and Sunday night is the, the Grammys. I don't know if anybody's going to get slapped. Oh wow! Uh, but but <laughs> our boy Jean Baptiste is up for eleven in multiple categories. He deserves it. If he swept, he would be bigger than Michael Jackson, bigger than Carlos Santana when Supernatural came out. And Taylor Swift is up for album of the year. Yeah. If she wins, she will surpass Michael Jackson and the chairman of the wow. board, Frank Sinatra, wow. for best albums, the most best albums of anybody ever. So there's some history that could be made yeah. on Sunday night at the Academy Awards. And uh, what's the new girl's name, Olivia Rodrigo? She's fantastic. Apparently so. I can't say I'm all that familiar. She, she's very good. But if good she, singer. she's in every category. Remember, Billie Eilish just swept last year. Yeah. And they're thinking that she might do the same. Tri-State Region's Drive-In Theater of the Mind. The Chattanooga Drive-In Show. Okay, we have done the transfer, and we're going to do the deep dive here for just a little bit. That's with our friend Boyd Patterson. And, Boyd, good to see you again, sir. It's been a while. It has. uh, Back when the gang task force was going. But, uh, yeah, same things are still going on in Chattanooga, and we're still working to to deal with them. And, of course, we've been talking quite a bit about gangs lately, as, you know, there are a number of candidates out there, including the DA's race, uh, that has, you know, has has made it a a front-burner issue again. For those who – we were just talking about this yesterday, the original task force, the gang task force that was put together, Boyd was uh, the head of it, and as I said, I completely 100% supported the theory of this and moving forward, community policing, everything that went along with it, and it kind of just lost momentum. Uh, I think most people were willing to give it a shot. Let's start right there. Before well, before I even let you do your, 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 your get into your, your pitch for what you're actually here for, what, I'm, what, I'm here just to talk to you, Jeff. Well, <laughs> what, 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 what actually, what, what really was the, I guess, the, the last straw or the, 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 the last pump of the brake on the task force as it existed? Because it had a, a tremendous amount of public interest and momentum. Uh, it was a fantastic concept. I can't take credit for the concept yeah. because basically everyone who knows anything about at-risk youth and gangs know there's two, con- there's two ways to hit it. Uh, one is dropping the people who are leading the gangs in violence, but the other is cutting the pipeline of kids going to gangs in the first place. So um, 
we all we're all good here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. We're, we're, I'm, okay. I, this, I'm sorry. Well, this is the. I don't inter- know if I need to give you CPR. No, no, no. no, 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 no. This is no, the international okay. symbol for turn his volume okay. up. Yeah, volume and Russell, up. who's right. been in radio all his life, apparently didn't understand the turn his volume up thing. Me and Jen are both going turn his volume up, turn his volume up. He's going what, what, what? It's like. A okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's white supremacist now. Yes. You can't so, say yeah, that. Hey, this is the Fonzie. Hey, why is he trying to imitate the Fonzie? I'm just saying, turn his damn mic up. You, oh, need, to have right. a, you need to have a code word like, like turn his mic up. What? Well, I, I didn't know whose mic you meant. Is it his or yours? He or was Jen? the one speaking. We were pointing at him. <laughs> what? <laughs> sorry, boy. No. Sorry, sir. We go off the rails here quite a bit. No, just uh, you know, we have like a, a safe word like key bump or something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. yeah. You heard that obviously. Yeah. I was like, not safe. Right. You, you're key showing you're, you're showing oh, some wow. knowledge here. I've been in the criminal justice system for 20 years, but I got to say this: yeah. sitting outside, waiting, hearing the conversation before, that was the first time I've heard the term "key bump." Seriously, that is seriously. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, so nobody can accuse you. Learn you. something new every day. That's All right, it. so so criminal so court. Yes, you, yes. you mentioned um, losing momentum with the gang yes. task force. Yes, please. The momentum was lost the day that the mayors changed. Um, I had a job before. Uh, as soon as the new mayor came in, uh, they disbanded the gang task force. Fortunately, a lot of the things that we did were continued as far as not just focusing on promoting the prosecution of gang leaders, but mentoring, making those guys rock stars, uh, reducing teen pregnancy. Sure. Literacy is huge. I mean, the thing that's most intimately connected with crime is poverty. And so if you start hitting the root causes of why kids go to gangs, why people have to resort to breaking the law to get food in the fridge that night that is one angle now as soon as they break the law there has to be consequences you can't look the other way but to say it's an either or is wrong and that was the whole concept of the gang task force it was a both and it was the 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 intriguing part of it was the fact that you would have caseworkers involving officers again community policing at the i mean just at its real grassroots level and they would go out and they would have these intervention style, you know, meetings Truly. with 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 gang members or wannabe gang members. And I I always hated that wannabe term. It doesn't make any difference if you're pulling the trigger on somebody. If you're on the receiving end of what's coming out of that bullet, you know, that that gun, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter whether it's a wannabe gang member or not. But I mean, and it, and they they tried their best to humanize them, to show them that they had value, they had worth that the community wanted them and needed them to be productive members of society. Maybe they'd never heard that before. Most of them hadn't, but here's the thing with that. You have to have that. And I used to tell police officers, you have to give a kid 99 reasons, positive reasons, to get out of a gang. But there are those that will take that 100th path. They'll, they'll just find a way to not care about getting their driver's license back, not care about getting their GED, not care about anger management or whatever. Not you counting know, strikes. Yeah, as soon as they choose that path to being a criminal, I mean, a violent criminal especially, then that's the criminal justice system for you. But at that point, you can sleep at night because they have been given lots of options to change their But in your life. opinion, just so we'll, so we'll, we'll move forward, it, a lot of the good that was done has not been undone. We're not going backwards. A lot of those ideas are still set. I don't think so. You know, and uh, the, the, the subsequent administration still thought public safety was an issue. They just did it in a very different way. We had maybe, no exaggeration, 40 anti-gang projects going at the same time, whether it was working on new legislation, giving uh, police officers different support from different areas. We actually had a, a, 
uh, a memorandum of understanding where a Georgia sheriff's office could come over to Hamilton County and vice versa because all the gang members were jumping across state lines. Mm-hmm. We, it really did run the gamut, Jeff. It was something where we worked with uh, YCAP, which is a fantastic yeah, mentoring agency, yeah. and everything across the board. But when the new administration came in, I think they they tailored that down to a few things. And they put a lot of money into it. But what you're talking about are uh, interventions. Yes. And that's where you let the gang members are brought in. And like you said, they're told they're worthwhile. And they have something to offer. And they do until they commit that act of violence. And I, then they're in the crosshairs. I, I will, I'll ask the follow-up question. I just said I wasn't going to ask it. We were going to move forward. But I'm going to do it anyway. I, my, my problem is I said that there was the carrot which we've just been talking about this mm-hmm. entire conversation has really been about the carrot for that one individual. But then there was the stick and I was always waiting for the stick to get bigger and larger and to see it come down more often when it was necessary. Mm-hmm. We did have that 100th, you know, uh, route taker mm-hmm. every once in a while. And I think that a lot of folks were expecting to see, well, by God, there ought to be some serious jail time. And they didn't necessarily see it, or at least the numbers didn't stack up in the media. And so they were saying, well, where is that aspect of it? Where, where is the, all right, we gave you a shot, you didn't take it, now you're going to pay the price. They were wondering, are they paying the price? Absolutely, through the federal system. Now, the, mm-hmm. the biggest stick, to use your term, is the federal courts. There's, the penalties are much greater. It's uh, something that the feds have time to build cases um, there's gang task forces do come and go over the years. There's one federal prosecutor, Chris Poole. Yes. You know, I've, I've said this privately into him too. Uh, he, he's been the most consistent quote unquote gang task force in Chattanooga because he's looked at this truly for decades. So the point uh, to answer your question, yes. the stick is there and they're very interested in it. The thing is, is that the state level, in my opinion, Tennessee as a whole lags far behind other states when it comes to actual gang legislation that deals with dropping the hammer. All right. Talk about the the job that you're here to talk about. Uh, criminal Court Division 3. Uh, I, I don't know that really anybody cares much about how the divisions are made up, whether it's <laughs> geographic or something else. But I mean, Criminal Court is fill in the blank. Because yes. there's Circuit Court, yes. there's Sessions Court. Right. Uh, let, and let me say this too. I'm here to talk about whatever you want. Yeah, I, I something understand. Very, I, understand. I, I will happily talk about this, and I know I was invited here because I am a candidate. What about Will for Smith? Will Smith? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, too many key bumps. You know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, too many key bumps in that room. So, uh, To answer your question about criminal court, a lot of folks don't know what even goes on in criminal court because they don't find themselves in that position. There are three criminal court judges in Hamilton County. They see all the felonies and some misdemeanors make it up from Sessions Court. So criminal court is one of those high-impact-on-crime positions. The position I'm running for by itself will handle one-third of all the murders, the rapes, the child abuse cases, the gang shootings. And so that's something where everyone needs to know that if you want to have an impact on crime, this is one of the positions that can do it. And fairness, too. It's something where, you know, as we've talked about for years, there's a huge difference in someone who is making it cool to these kids to commit these crimes, to put the gun to the head of the shopkeeper to get the money from the register. But there's a, the, the problem is there's a lot of kids who are involved in gangs that walk like, talk like, dress like the gang leaders, but they're not completely uh, you know, irrecoverable at that point. Sure. And so 
They're not committed. As well, as cr- they, and they haven't had someone to take the time to give them an opportunity to do that. This criminal court judgeship is a way to look at all of those crimes, and not just gang crime, but all crimes, fairly, to look at rehabilitation aspects of it, as well as the ones who deserve the penitentiary. One very critical aspect of this Division Three position is that it presides over what's called mental health court. Wow. Mental health court. Is and you're of, asking for this. I helped set up mental health court. Yes. There, there are three specialty courts I helped set up. The first juvenile drug court in Hamilton County, something called Peer Court, which is also at a juvenile court, and the mental health court, which is part of this Division Three judgeship I'm running for. Mental health court recognizes the fact that there's some people that are just mentally ill. You know, a lot of times they're homeless. A lot of times they're living in their mom's basement. But when they flip out because they're off their meds or something happens, who gets called? And the police. We, that's been yeah. a favorite that, topic of ours. I mean, from the day sure. I've been doing it for years yeah. and the day I started working with Jen and, and Russell, we've been talking about the necessity for this. And I, mm-hmm. I salute uh, the sheriff and, and former chiefs mm-hmm. and others who have said, we have got to train our officers to be able to recognize the difference between somebody who is a dangerous lunatic who is going to hurt somebody because they're mean and evil and somebody who is having a psychotic breakdown because they're off their meds mm-hmm. completely and they literally are seeing things that are not there and paranoia has been ramped up to you know 11 mm-hmm. and and they're just reacting they're reacting to something they can't control body chemicals you know the good news is that i think most police officers understand that now and so the problem is that a lot of those places that 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 are available to people who are flipping out like that aren't aren't available so a lot of times they do end up in the criminal justice system so what mental health court does it identifies the folks who truly have just a mental health issue they're on a separate docket and every monday that's brilliant that that that, that is just a great way to go and here's the thing the evidence shows that if they know they have to be in court every monday at one or two that helps them stay compliant that helps them stay on their meds. It gives them a reason to show up, gives them a reason to follow their sure. their plan. And so that's one of the things that, again, I helped set it up for this reason. And it's part of the judgeship that I'm going for. So here's the other thing I like to do. There are two veterans courts in Tennessee that I'm aware of, which is the same concept, except it's veteran specific. Because yes. as you know, PTSD, vet- yes. PTSD substance yeah. abuse, if a veteran gets some type of mental health issue while serving our country, a lot of times they end up in the criminal justice system too. Yeah. So what Veterans Court does, it does the same, has the same concept, it identifies them, and if they're willing to accept the services offered by the VA, they're in that same track. And it should be seen as a an injury in the line of duty. There's no doubt about it. I don't know if you've noticed, but post-traumatic stress disorder is I, starting I, to be called know. post-traumatic stress injury. Yes, yeah. because it's not a disorder. That's right. When you see somebody's innards blown out all over you know, the inside of an armored troop carrier and it was your buddy, you're not supposed to see that. Mm -hmm. It's not a disorder to have a sustaining mental injury from that. That's not a disorder. That's normal. That's what any normal person who's not a sociopath would feel. And they would still have those flashbacks and nightmares and Mm -hmm. hesitations. It's described as a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what it is. I was a counselor before I went to law school. I uh, got my undergraduate master's degrees in psychology and counseled delinquent youth, which again was one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that component of outreach was there with the gang task force. But it will be absolutely part of this particular gig if I get it uh, as criminal court judge of Division Three. 
I think it's a brilliant idea. Russell, I know you got something. Yeah, I'm just curious about, and I think everything you've said is, is frankly brilliant. Um, what hurdles would you have as criminal court judge in establishing a system such as this? Because I don't think it really exists in any sort of tangible way right now. And the first time I've heard veterans court. Yeah. yeah. So it's very, it's one of the specialty court concepts that's been part of the court system for a long time. Mm. Veterans court, the way I see it, would be a track of mental health court. Where And the way it works is just the way mental health court works. Defense attorneys are able to look at their clients to determine whether or not it's a real mental issue that's, work at, that's operating to cause the problem. They apply to a director. The director looks at the mental health history, makes sure it is something that's not just a criminal trying to get out of the prison system by saying, hey, I've got a mental health issue. Those, those do exist, oh, believe yeah. it or not. You know, yeah, Not uh, guilty by reason of insanity and all that. Yeah, or just they're guilty and trying to get an either an insanity or right. what's called diminished capacity, yeah. which re- re- reduces the actual level of the crime. So a lot of the, the framework's already in place. It's simply a matter of having defense attorneys identify the proper candidates in the system, and they have an incentive to do that. They have an incentive to help out their client. They make an application. It's reviewed. It's confirmed that the person really does have a mental health issue, and then they're accepted. And this would be under the umbrella of the criminal court? Yes. The mental okay. health court is already part of Division Three. Really? Yes, Absolutely. It's set up right now. There's a director. Again, I helped set it up in 2016. And so it's been going for a while. We, they have established protocols, um, established uh, uh, responses when a person doesn't show up to court or goes off their meds. And so that's not a problem at all. That's already established. And I don't think there's going to be a problem setting up veterans court. All you really need to set up almost any type of specialty court is a judge that cares. It's interesting because I've been following the court system just in, in for journalistic reasons for a very, very long time now. Um, and I hadn't even realized that that was a part of the structure all yeah. this time. Google it right now. You can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's something where, again, it's t- we're not the first one to have it, uh, but it's something that it, it's, it's groundbreaking to a lot of folks who aren't you know, don't spend a lot of time in criminal court, and most nice people don't, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's something where those of us who've been in it for a long time totally recognize how mental health plays a huge part in this. You can Absolutely. find yourself there a lot quicker than you think you can. Right. It, se- <laughs> it seems like you're a natural fit with your background in psychology to move right into this. I, I think I'm very qualified for this position. Yeah. But here's the thing, too. The in-court aspect is something, and thank you for saying that. I'm glad people can recognize my background and see how it fits perfectly for this specific gig. There's an out-of-court role to this position as well. And that was part of the gang task force. We weren't just locking up folks, you know, or promoting people getting locked up who deserved it, out there educating other people about how they can help. Well, we said in in the day, supporters said you can't arrest your way out of uh, this course, particular yeah. problem. Yeah. Right. You know, an arrest and arrest and, and jail time should be the very last option available to you. And obviously it has to be because sometimes we just have to be protected from some other members of our society. Polite society has to be protected from people who don't want to be in polite society. But I mean, there are so many incidences where there are just better options. And and it's not being soft on crime. It's just, it's it's being soft on humanity, which is what we're called to do, I yeah. think. Well, it's, yeah. being, it's being real on humanity because the, the stick that we're talking about earlier yeah. doesn't work without the carrot. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, yeah, and the carrot doesn't work without the stick. And when you've been raised with somebody who's been hit with a lot of sticks, they're not scared of them anymore. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, there are people who don't care, and I, I'll tell you this too. I was a prosecutor for 15 years. 
was the gang prosecutor, child abuse prosecutor, domestic violence prosecutor. There are people out there who are beyond saving. Some of the deadest eyes I've ever seen were in juvenile court. Oh, I believe it. There was that case in uh, the UK, the the two kids who kidnapped that other kid. Oh, and um, killed him. Yeah. yeah, and killed him. Yeah, I mean, I I believe that 100%. There are right. some people who are just Think about Harris and Klebold. Remember yeah. those pictures from the yearbook? Yeah. What um, about the kid that, well, he's not a kid anymore. He's in his 40s now. That redheaded kid who um, killed the other kid. Remember mm-hmm. that story? Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't Anyway, yeah, yeah. tragic. Um, so congratulations for being endorsed by the three... Um, Law enforcement organizations. Yes. That's uh, awesome. Well, it's something, too, where a lot of people hear candidates talk about their background, and I encourage everyone to check out all the candidates. My particular information is on boydpatterson.com. But the people who have worked with me for years know what I'm about. The police officers have worked with me in court, and I've been very honored to have been endorsed by all three police yeah. unions. And you would you would obviously I'll be bet, in yeah. a better position to have a good working relationship with the chief, a good working relationship with the sheriff, a good working relationship especially with the district attorney's office. Do you have any particular feelings on the district attorney's race? Do you feel like you can go there? I can't because judicial candidates aren't allowed to talk about other races really to promote or you know talk bad about any other other than like a judicial candidate, I would think, or mm-hmm. judge. And judges are the same way. Um, I'll tell you this. I've worked in crime for about 20 years now in this city, and uh, I can say that this is a very significant election. I would agree. For the future of crime and punishment in Hamilton County. I agree 100%. And I, and I'll, I, I won't go any further than that. I, I think that this is an important decision that we're about to make. And we were discussing that before we turned the mics on this morning. Mm-hmm. That was the last thing we yeah. talked about amongst ourselves was what's going to motivate people to get out and vote in this race. Will it one. be the right things that are motivating them? Will they do their homework or will it just be another name recognition contest? Um, and uh, this really is one of the most important election years I've seen in a long time. Truly, just in terms of who's the names changing. Sure, sure, absolutely. It's, but it's also pretty exciting that uh, you know, love him or hate him, Donald Trump got people interested in politics. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, very true. And so I <laughs> think I'm hoping <laughs> we're getting. Well, I'm no hope- comment. <laughs> All right, you know, I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Do you agree with what I said? Love yeah, him or yeah, hate yeah, him? Yes, yeah, so I was going to say. Well, certainly right. there are. I more, would agree with There that. are more people so. talking about the executive branch of the the, the <laughs> government than there have been in a long time. No, I think you're 100 percent right. Though it got people so interested in being involved in even the small, not smaller, but the more local process. And of course, his loss, you know, has turned into now a remarkable, almost miraculous increase in activity at the state and local level. That's what I'm saying. Because that's where they're, you know, that's that's where the, the they see the power really is of being able to make make some changes. Um, all right. So uh, in 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 closing, I guess mm-hmm. people, you've already given the website, and you can give it again in a second. Anything else you want to do? Um, is a community that has a more active criminal court with more people coming in. Uh, to court and going to jail or going to alternative sentencing, is that a better scenario than one that, that is not? The one where there's tumbleweeds blowing through the, the corridors of power down at the criminal court? To say more people is clearly something where you would need more information. you got to look at, is the city growing? Is the city growing in a very positive way? You're necessarily going to have, say, 10% growth in all the good ways. You're probably going to have 10% growth in a lot of negative ways, too. So 
is it something where you have more or less? I, I don't think you can put it in those terms. I can, I can say that what you need are people who are informed about the causes of crime and in form of the existing laws that are can be used to, to address it. What I'm talking about as far as, you know, talking about the carrot and the stick, which is a very broad way to say it, there are laws already on the books that cover the gamut. There are ways for people to go through court, to do a crime, yeah. and get it, not, on, not only get them probation, but get it expunged from the record. Popular platform for anybody to run for office is, is trying to impose more laws because it makes them look like they're tough on crime. And I just really ask us, I mean, I've been involved in environmental you know, entities and, and activities like the river rescue. When do you know that you've done a good job? Well, when there's no use for you anymore, when <laughs> right. you actually disband the river rescue uh, organization because it's been cleaned up. I, that doesn't ever happen in a community. You're not going to completely do away with crime. But I can see where somebody could come in and say, there's just a low level of activity at criminal court. They're not doing their job. Maybe you have done your job and there's just less people committing crimes. And that's what I was talking about earlier with the out-of-court aspect that I'm going to bring to this role. There's going to be a part of this where I'm going to grab other elected officials who may not be as you know close to crime and say, hey, let's go read to some kids at the elementary school. Right. Let's, let's go down to the rec center and play chess with some folks. Well, so, Boyd, thank you for coming by. I appreciate it tremendously. BoydPatterson.com? Yeah, BoydPatterson.com is, uh, is our website, and uh, we've got a Facebook as well. But I'm, I'm telling you, if you... I'll be happy to talk about non-political things and sure. just crime in general. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder is something I'm very familiar with. I am. I, I suffer from Same. it. Same. Uh, and it's it's very real, and and we could get deeper into that at another point. And and I'm I'm just tickled to death. The whole idea of the veterans court, I think, is just think absolutely just 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 uh, yeah. I wrote I'm, it. I'm, I'm I'm magnetized toward that idea. Well, so one last thing I'll tell you. I wrote a small book on PTSD. I've got. I might have a couple of copies in the car if you want to. I'll be happy do. to bring them yes. in. Well, I'd like to. I'd like to yes, talk to please. you anyway. I, it, it's yeah. when I actually went and and got some help for what I was dealing with, and then believe me, it was very deep and it was it's permanent. It doesn't it doesn't go away. But uh, there was a guy who pulled me aside who was a veteran who had gone through horrifying things. I thought my own little tiny little story about you know some stuff that had happened to me was just paled in comparison. He didn't think so. Um, and he said, it's real simple. When you go through life and you do all the right things and you take all the right steps, you expect life to treat you in like kind. You've always been told it works that way. And when it doesn't, and when you do all the right things and life hits you with a haymaker. There goes your frame of reference. <laughs> there, there goes your frame of reference. And you, you no longer have any trust that the left foot follows the right foot. And you can just walk down the road without being, you know, uh, disturbed somehow. Uh, something's going to get in the way. Something's going to mess you up. And it hangs there. It hangs there forever. Can I talk to your listeners for a minute about PTSD? On Very that quickly. So post-traumatic stress disorder is something, as Jeff said, affects lots of people from lots of different walks of life. Almost half of people in the, in the world will experience a traumatic event. About 20% of those will have some type of traumatic stress reaction to it. So if you're feeling it, you're truly you're not alone. The good news is there's been so much that's been researched, that's been developed since World War I when this really started. There are exciting new treatments out there. So I want you to, to know this. There is absolute reason to have hope. Just get through this. The other thing, too, is you need to understand that most people consider trauma as trauma with what I, what I call a capital T. You got shot at. You got beat up. You're a, a crime victim. That does exist, and everyone knows about that. What a lot of people don't know is that trauma 
post-traumatic stress can come from an accumulation of little T's over a long time. And those finally get to the point, especially if they're connected in a way, you know, and just again, a victim who is victimized again in the judicial system. And that that becomes part of the trauma. It can be. Absolutely. And one one of my more more prouder moments of using the background in psychology as a prosecutor was when the child abuse victims came. Yeah. And it can be traumatizing for some child victims to have to go through that when they're not ready to talk about it. And so my goal at that time was not only to avoid that additional damage, but to find a way where telling their story in court was absolutely empowering, a way to get through it, a way no matter what happens, with the, if the jury doesn't get it, if the evidence isn't with us, it doesn't matter. But if they can get through that particular ordeal in a way that gives them like like self-confidence or some type of stability then that was what i wanted to do oh boy, i, I love you. i'm sorry i've got to, i have to respond to that i love yeah. that because most chi- most victims in child abuse cases don't want to talk about it or they're not ready mm-hmm. or they're not going to be ready for many years right. you know yeah. in the future so that's this, I, this. I love your i love your background i love your passion in this and I think you're you're the right person. The Thank stigma you. is always going to be there. Unfortunately, yeah. the clock does run the show, okay. so we got to run. Thank you so much. I'm bring, yeah, that yeah, book. bring me that book okay. in, and uh, and if you would, nice uh, you. I'll, I'll jot down your number out there on it too, so so I can get in touch with you, please. You got it. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it very much. And uh, we got, of course, uh, uh, other segments to get to, and we will do that as uh, we can. We may drop a couple very quickly. Pimp's Corner. We need. Pimp we need. Jen. We're time. We're we're. we're, we're I'm going to save mine. You for, save for yours Monday. for tomorrow. Yeah. Russell, you you're sliding back over here do you have a particular muscle flex that is absolutely burning uh, a burning desire on your heart on your mind on your shoulder on your back in that case i will also skip the mountains looking at each other segment the story uh segment today i'd actually already decided to change my story anyway since we started talking about i'll I'll just say this without any intro music or anything like this i had a story i was going to tell and i already changed it I was going to tell the story about my cousin taking my 303, my British 303, and not giving it back to me because we were looking at the story about the Russian, uh, you know, conscripts, the yeah. people that have been drafted from Russia to go fight for Vladimir Putin in this ridiculous war are being issued World War One style rifles yep. that don't work in the worst case scenarios, <laughs> that work very poorly in the best case scenarios, and it reminded me of my very first deer rifle. I'll tell that story another time down the road, too. <laughs> to, Re- to put that in the- <laughs> Sorry. That's hit something over here. No, that's right. yeah. <laughs> Brian was feeling left out. <laughs> no, that's right. Regional Random Shotgun shout-outs. I just say thank you to Tennessee American Water Company for providing sponsorship and uh, monetary support. We need monetary support, not just prayers and good wishes out there. Sometimes, you know, somebody's got to write a damn check, all right? Well, I do want to say something real quick. Um, First of all, thank you to Jason Armstrong of American Exotic Guitars. Uh, Find them on Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. They're handcrafted in the best region of the country, northwest Georgia. Uh, If you want to Google what rifles the Russians are using, uh, they're Mosin-Nagant M9130s. It's an interwar period rifle originally designed in 1898. Modernized in 1931. Going into a hot <laughs> shooting war with 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 automatic weapons all around you, yeah. and you're dealing with a rifle that was made in 1898. Yeah. All right, real quick, top of the pops. This this could actually work very very well. The debate that was held 
by the two district attorney candidates, both of whom have been in here. We still have not yet gotten the Democrat in here. Uh, Neil Pinkston and Cody Womp, they they had a get-together, yet another one. These guys are going at it hammer and tong now. Boy, they they, they really are. Yeah. And uh, Cody Womp said that by setting up an excessive force hotline at the district attorney's office, that General Pinkston, Neil Pinkston, was basically acquiescing. I guess she didn't use the frame woke culture, but that's kind of where she was going, saying that that was indicative of him being soft on it. That if there was excessive force, then there's you know plenty of things out there, and there are plenty of little red flags that should pop up, and that the process is there, and that setting up a hotline somehow was a negative. Yeah, I have to disagree wholeheartedly. Yeah, just speaking personally, I, I disagree as well. I don't see how setting up a, a hotline for people to report potential wrongdoing to open up an avenue for investigation into a potential wrongdoing is a bad According thing. According to her, it's not his job. That's what she told us. And he's increasing transparency. <laughs> like her less every day. And it, it says, <laughs> it, 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 here, here's her Me quote. Too. Less I'm, and less I'm, I'm every gonna, I'm gonna day. I'm going to give her all the credit I can here. If I'm not. Don't vote for Cody. If excessive force gets delivered and the district attorney needs to review it, it will. But it's not a place for excessive force complaints to begin. And quite frankly, it's a sign. It's an indication that this DA has never really supported law enforcement. Well, he doesn't that support was her quote. <laughs> That's now, her hill she's dying on, now, that he doesn't like cops. Uh, and, and, That's her hill to die and, on. And he, he definitely won the battle of the one-liners mm-hmm. with this little That's stinger. That's actually shocking. After, I was going to say, he, he, <laughs> the guy can barely he, get a he, sentence he, out. He is, he is not a, he's not a <laughs> I talking, like him. I like him too. Guy. But, <laughs> and, and, but I mean, but he did, he, he, he got this, this line in, and it's, it had to sting. He said, if I hired her today, to be a prosecutor in my uh, department, That's in my right. office, she would be the least qualified prosecutor in the county. That says a good line. Yeah. That's that's. That's as strong as it gets. It yeah. She's, uh, yeah. So we'll go from there. And and I just and we'll just go ahead and slide on out of here today. Thank you very much to Boyd for swinging by and talking to us. There's going to be a mural of Shannon Fuller put up on the wall of Zarzars. That's great. I want you to take a look at the Times Free Press, the front page of the region section of the Thursday paper, and there is the original photograph that was taken by somebody that was at Shannon's fundraiser of her wearing these like Bonnaroo, Coachella-style, yeah. you know, uh, illuminated butterfly wings, which Twirly Swirly dancers love when they're out there yep. at a festival. There was a beautiful picture, and through a series of suggestions and just people talking... And this, a lot of work. This podcast crew came up with the idea, presented it to Dixie Fuller. He loved it talked to one person the very first person that i talked to about getting it paid for and they said they would take care of it individually don't even talk to anybody else i got you and from that point forward i talked to jennifer crutchfield who's mentioned in here who took it and ran with it april cox creative services director at utc it's going to happen it's going to go up Thanks to Mayor Tim Kelly for getting behind it, the city yeah. for getting behind it, UTC, Jennifer, all the arts people. Jen did a tremendous job working on design, mm-hmm. and it was just like, it was just one of those light bulbs. It went off on somebody's head, and then it got over to Rebecca, it got to me. We said, instead of sending flowers, this would be a good idea. 
And basically, once we, you know, mentioned it to other people, they said, that's not a good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. This is and for Dixie. Boom. And it, and it just took off and it's and it's going to happen. So, yay. Yeah. Yay for a little bit of inspiration and a lot of cooperation. And so that big white wall down there that used to have a, a grease trap and a dumpster, right. there's going to be a beautiful mural of Shannon in her in her honor. That's in awesome. Her memory. Really so nice. yay, yay. Chattanooga Drive-In Show, forgive us for the occasional bumps and stumps. And Russell, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You, for, those of you, for those of you who were watching, Jen and I were... <laughs> I'm thoroughly embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, we, were, um, we were doing hieroglyphics. I stepped out for a minute, so I missed We were walking that. like an Egyptian over here. <laughs> well, if it makes you... Uh, I feel even dumber because I was turning the wrong slide up. Because uh, I don't even want to get into it. Don't I'm just dumb, all right? It's okay. You're he, not dumb. He clearly was okay with it too. Everybody's okay. It's all good. I thought that That's, was a great interview. Today, yeah. to this, to this day, and this week's worth of podcast, <laughs> it's all good. Put it on the tombstone. It's all good. You don't need to worry about it. Thanks for listening. Bye.